Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Lord, tonight we approach your word with humility, with reverence, with awe. Show us wondrous things out of your word. Let our lives be changed. Let our souls be radiant with light. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to do something very cliche. I want you to pick your Bible. This is going to be awkward for those of you who used used digital Bibles, but no problem. Hallelujah. Just to make it feel better, even if you are using a device, open the Bible on the device. Hallelujah. And say with me, Lord Jesus, I appreciate your word. And I receive it as lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. Say, I embrace the authority of the scriptures. I embrace the final authority of scriptures. Say, everything you say is correct. I put aside arguments. I put aside naughtiness. I put aside superfluity of naughtiness. I embrace the authority of your written word. The highest authority is your written word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to see you. It's been a minute. Hallelujah. It's good to have Bible study with you this evening. Um, by the way, I hear... Yaba Church is starting two services. And that has many good implications. It means that the time now works perfect for me to sneak into first service once in a while. <laughs> Sneaking and hallelujah. Pastor T, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Ever since you got married, your life changed. You started preaching better, dressing better, pastoring better. Ah, ah. Oh, God, you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, it's a very special month for us. Who can tell me the teaching theme for this month? What is it? Buckle up, right? And that really speaks of alertness. So, I want us to be alert. Gamers know it. You know, when you're playing casually and your friend scores one, two, and you sit up. You know that meme, right? <laughs> you just sit up. Literally. Because figuratively, when you sit up, it means you're more serious. And the things of God deserve a serious approach. Some of you, in your academics, that first year, for some of you, not everybody, 
you just got carried away. This is the first time in your life you have freedom from your parents and you're making friends and the first semester result gave, gave you headbutt. And then you had to... <laughs> Some of you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the things of God require seriousness. And today I'm going to teach on how to understand the Bible. It's definitely not something I can cover in a few minutes. And that's why, you know, as the song was being sung, I was like, wow, powerful, but hey, time. <laughs> Hallelujah, everybody. Wait, choir, I mean, I love you guys more and more every day. Celebrate your own now. Are you, are you beefing? Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Turn your Bibles, Nehemiah. You never saw that coming. Nehemiah chapter 8. But you see, this is one of the most powerful chapters in the entire Bible. Background of the story. God warned the children of Israel as they entered the promised land. He prepared them. With scriptures like Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You know, and all of that. And he gave them firm instructions on devotional culture. When you go into the promised land, you're going to see a lot of funny antichrist culture, especially from the nations that surround. Don't do this and do this. And this is... This is the culture that I have given you in God. Moses emphasized, Joshua emphasized, but they went there and did the exact opposite of all that they were told. And as God warned them, pagan nations came, drove them out, and then you, the story of Daniel and all of that, and things just went south. You know, the temple was looted. You know, um, the wall of Jerusalem was brought down. And then Nehemiah hears of the wall of Jericho. Did I say Jericho? Of Jerusalem brought down. He can't take it. The king of the palace where he was serving noticed it. Gave him permission by the favor of God to go and rebuild the wall. And amidst a lot of trials and challenges, he does it. In spite of Sambalat and Tobias and all those people, he does it. And now just picture, just like old times, God's people are gathered together again to hear the word of God, just like old times. And they're trying to reinstate the culture of devotion. And that's what Deuteronomy chapter 8 is documenting. It's very emotional. We had this bliss in our land. We flouted the laws of God. We lost it. We corrected ourselves. We are back. And now we want to reemphasize our devotional culture. And that's what you're about to read. Come on, are you with me? Oh, this is wonderful. It says, now all the people gathered together as one man. This is beautiful. And I can preach a whole sermon on this. 
They gathered as one, meaning they were united. And they had laser focus about what they came to do. You know, sometimes we are in church, like I would often say, just to tick the box and to appease the guilt we feel when we do not come to church. And so even if we are seated, our minds are just wandering all over the place. Has it ever happened to you that the songs were being sung, your body has mastered how to zone out and still participate? So you didn't even know that your mind had traveled until your mind came back into your body and found out that the whole time you were still clapping. Now you're going to pretend like you don't know what I'm saying. Subconsciously, maybe during the praise, you went to the market, you scanned through the day all that you did, or you were thinking about what will happen tomorrow, or something you saw reminded you of something funny that happened 10 years ago, and all of this is happening. Anybody observing you thinks you are very much in the service, but you are not. But the Bible says these people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. Seems like a new generation church name. <laughs> and they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses. Now, you, you need to picture how emotional this is. Bring the book again. Which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from when? Until when? Can you imagine this? This was a long service. And everybody was attentive. The Bible says, just picture, it's interesting. This is what I was saying on Sunday. We need to come back to a point where just the sheer mere reading of the word of God blesses us. Blesses us. And sometimes we don't know what we've got until we lose it. You, you, you will not understand how determined these people are to get it right this time. Because they've seen the consequences of not holding this word. Oh my God. It's just the same, same way some people behave. This word and prayer we have been begging you to take seriously. You treat with levity until there is a problem. And then you who has been struggling to keep 20 minutes devotion, you are praying all night. And this law that was once despised, they didn't leave until it was read from beginning to end. Oh my God. Come on, are you with me? From morning until midday, six hour service. Just for the reading of the law. No additions. No praise worship in between. At least we're not told there was. Definitely no keyboard. Just the reading. Why now they laugh now? 
<laughs> Just the reading. And it was enough. Come on, are you guys here? They read it from morning until midday before the men and the women who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Everybody read that with me, one to go. And the ears of all the people were what? Read it again, one to go. This is, you know, I hate that I have to just breeze past all of this because this is something to teach in and of itself. Maybe you didn't hear me. It was a six-hour service and everybody was attentive from beginning to end. Six hours. You know, oh my God. The word of God is worth that kind of attention. I assure you it is. Six hours. And they're just gazing on the word of God. Listening to the word of God. You know, it's one thing to hear a good sermon. It's another thing for the word of God to be read. And it blesses you. Blessed at the poor in spirit. Of course, I'm reading New Testament now. This is the kingdom of heaven. And that just blesses you. That just blesses you. Do you know what it means? The privilege to have the words, the very words of Jesus. Like these were the words that Jesus spoke. They were documented. And you have it. I mean, what would you have given to hear the words of Jesus? If they were not documented. If you never had a Bible. And you discover that once upon a time. That same word that was in the beginning. And that is in fact God. Took on flesh. Dwelt amongst us. Lived in Bethlehem. And you know. He spoke to people. You will give anything. To see what was written about him. Or even better, what he said. And then you have it. Do do you understand what I'm saying? Some of us, our problem is we grew up in church. It's meant to be an advantage, but it's a problem. We're too used to it. And all the ears of the people were attentive. I have to speed this up now because... uh, I'm trying to squeeze a three-part teaching into one. Lord, help me. What verse did I end? All right, verse 4. So Ezra, the scribe, stood on a platform of wood. This is where platforms are gotten from, right? An elevated platform. Listen, I'm talking about our tradition. Because that gives a sense of attentiveness, attention. So that everybody can see. He stood on a platform of wood. Which they had made for the purpose. (laughs) And beside him 
At his right hand were all these people. <laughs> no, be me and you go. <laughs> Verse 5. <laughs> and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Just picture this. Like just the opening of the book. As a sign of respect, they all stood. You know, this is, this is beautiful. This just shows attention to the word of God, respect for the word of God, reverence. And so everything is crafted with an intention. So the platform was created for this purpose. So that the reading of the word of God will be from an elevated platform. And so we could see it, you know, hear it and just receive it spoken over us. And be blessed by it. And be in awe of it. And it was read, and the people were standing. And they were not tired. Or they were tired, but they didn't care. And Ezra blessed the name of the Lord, the great God. Is he great to you? Bless the name of the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, everybody? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And they did this whilst lifting their hands and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You know, so, I mean, the reading of the word of God, their response, their postures of worship. This is our heritage. Also, all these people I'm going to read it because this verse is actually important. I'm just going to go through the names. And Jeshua and Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akbar, Shabbatai, Hodijah. That sounds like Hodijah in, in Ibadan. <laughs> Masai, Kelitha, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law. So now, the first reading that lasted hours was just reading. Now it's time for explanation. <laughs> they helped the people understand the law. And the people stood in their place, meaning nobody left. Nobody left. The people stood in their place. Nobody said, oh, so the service has not ended. After all this reading, you want to start explaining. <laughs> the Bible says the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave sense. They gave the sense. I like the way the NKJV put it. And they gave the sense and helped them understand the reading. Meaning they shed more light. They explained. So this is what this means. And this is what that means. Unfortunately, 
this is foreign to many churches. Just the exegetical teaching of the word of God, reading and interpretation, very foreign to many churches. Expository teaching. From this, I just want to highlight two important ways to understand the Bible. The first is, you have to be interested. You, you have to show interest and reverence for the written word. Before we talk about tips and techniques and hermeneutical principles... It begins with interest and reverence. Some of us make the same mistake we're making in school. I don't like mathematics. No, you're lying. You just never gave time to really understand it. She never really gave time. For nine out of ten people, there is nothing we have truly given time that we did not master. Let's be honest. You cannot master anything that you have not deliberately learned. And so, it's no surprise at all that you don't understand the Bible. You've not given it time. And if there was any technology to just check your thought history, the same way you have browser history. <laughs> just imagine there was such a technology to project it on the screen. <laughs> like all those scary eschatological movies, movies about end time or the rapture, that in those movies they said they will project your life. I will be like, wow. Ah! <laughs> Does that freak you out? It better do. It better freak you out. Hallelujah. If we check your thought history for the, for the past two weeks, how many times are we going to stumble on a scripture that we're meditating on or something that you read from the word of God or from a sermon or from a book? In fact, some of you will, will I mean, you will do well with sermons. Let's stick with what you read from the Bible. Let's stick with that. Let me tell you something. If you're going to know the Bible, <laughs> you're going to read it no way around it. You're going to have to read it. You're going to have to devote yourself to it. You know, at least like three times in the past month, my wife would just look at me and say, you like God. <laughs> you know, because and then there's this phrase he calls me now. He calls me spirit nerd. Because when I say let me relax, I pick up the remote. There's an icon, Netflix, YouTube. 
I don't know how. I just wind up listening to a sermon. I just, I just, eventually, it helps me relax, believe it. And the truth is, I didn't even know that it was that serious until she began to point it out to me. And I thought about it. That, oh, I actually spent, the thing is, I no longer calculate the time because. I think I calculate the time for other things because that's what I do. That's my life. And I'm not preaching. I'm not reading to preach. I'm reading to be blessed. Are you listening to me? Reading to be blessed. I complained to someone not too long ago. I said, preaching sometimes is is a distraction because... You, you know, it's a lot of personal sacrifice to have to preach. Because a lot of my personal study is interrupted just to prepare to be a blessing to you guys. Oh my God, sometimes I just miss the times, you know, before the church started where I'm, ju- I'm just studying things I know that I might never preach. I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to know. Hallelujah. And I, I don't know how God will, by a miracle, help you fall in love with his word. And so this is one of those sermons where you can do your best with oratory, but you have to trust the Holy Ghost. Because in church, the way we all comport ourselves you, you can assume that we all read the Bible, but I know it's a lie. I know that's a big lie. How can God make you fall in love with his word? He said I should ask you. He said I should ask you. And let me tell you this. It's going to get worse if you don't do something. It's going to get worse. Because people are making their livelihood of your distraction. Did you hear what I said? When you spend time on social media, someone is getting richer. And so their company objective is to devise more intelligent ways to make the platforms more irresistible. So you have, you, you have just started. You have just started. You know, something interesting happened. When I was in Dubai, I went to this place called the Museum of the Future, and it was very ingenious. They were trying to simulate what buildings would look like, you know, in the future, and they really tried. They really, really tried. You know, of all the places that I've traveled to, I think Dubai is by far the most fascinating. I went to a coffee shop in that building and no one was selling. And I saw a robotic hand. You know, so I put in a coin and then a tab, selected the type of coffee. The hand started moving. Carried cup, filled it. Hey, I see. <laughs> 
This is Oimbo witchcraft. <laughs> you know, and all of that. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. By the way, you need, to st- you need to constantly reinvent yourself because once upon a time, to be a salesperson was actually a job. Just in case you don't understand, those days are past. You have not yet seen it yet because Nigeria is usually the last to see things. <laughs> but those jobs no longer exist. All those times you enter E3, then there's someone to open door for you. To open door, job. In this world. <laughs> there's no way around it. You are going to have to read. <laughs> you are going to have to read. Let me tell you. I know we are talking about reading Bible, but reading generally, if you don't read, <laughs> because all those manual skills, are, they are going to be replaced. It's no more a skill. Welcome, sir. Open the, the computer will welcome you and call your name. <laughs> but anyway, and I saw a lot of fascinating stuff. They simulated like a spaceship that can take you to space, you know, bring you back and all of that. But then, of all the technology that was either already existing or simulated in the place, there was now a room in that place. Oh, my God. And that room was a nature room. It just had sand, sunlight, um, and just this, just very ambient. Because they are foretelling or predicting that a time is going to come that will be so overwhelmed with technology, looking for natural places will now be a thing. You see that? So in the museum of the future, there is a place like that where it's just the sound of water dripping, where you can just lie down, no technology around. So the prediction is, when we go so far forward, we will run back. But a lot of lives will be lost already. Depression is constantly high because some of you You don't have a problem with sleep deprivation. It's just your phone. It's just your phone. So people are sleeping less. And so there's a rise in eye problems. Rise in mental health. Where is all this headed? And just the ability to have someone's attention. Generally, to just talk to the person. So how are you doing? How was your day? Do you remember when, even without electricity, we used to have fun as kids? And we invent many things. It could be movie characters. James Bond, Bruce Lee, Superman, you know, and all of that. Just take a tablet from a child today and see reaction. You'll be doing as if they're having withdrawal symptoms. You'll be doing like this. 
It has its pros and its cons. You have to prioritize the reading of the word of God. You must. You must. And let me tell you something. The mistake you keep making is this. You are, you are underestimating the chokehold of this habit of not reading. That's why. When you hear someone like this, you just say, mm, I will read tomorrow. And you don't. That's what happens all the time. You don't understand how life-altering a new habit will be. So you have to do something drastic. Like set an alarm. And even an alarm will not be enough. You have to use a to-do list to determine what will you read tomorrow? For how long? And at what time? You have to be intentional. And then maybe you create support groups. Because one of the most brilliant ways to, to lead yourself into a transformation is to do it in community. You, you, you need to create a plan like that. Because in your defense, it's not as if you have anything against the word of God. You are just like that generally. Even your exams. It was only the day before you started reading. So, it, you know, we're going, going to have to be intentional about this. And here is the good news. Oh my God. When you start and it takes a hold of you, <laughs> you will fall in love with it. You will. You will. And then there will come a day where just like me, you will struggle to understand the fact that there are people that they still beg to read their Bible. I, do you know, it's a mystery to me. Do you know what you're missing? Do you know what you're missing? I was looking at my notes for a boot camp and I'm just like, this, this is good. <laughs> like, this is good. And I'm just like, like, oh my God. Lord, you know, open my eyes to behold wondrous things out of your word. The word of God will change your life. And the time will come, you will start having milestones. There are spiritual milestones. Ah, really deep people understand what I'm saying. Like, when you look at your spiritual journey, times in your life where you can say, this changed, and that changed. And, and, and the, the beautiful thing is, even people around you notice. Like a man of God had never seen before physically, was talking to for the first time. He said, I've been meaning to ask you. He said, 2020, something changed about you. I, I want to know. So I'm like, oh, everybody noticed. <laughs> but they were not exactly right. The change came 2019. It just took one year to become, to become, to become obvious. And I can tell you the milestones. 
Hallelujah. I was reading a book years ago. And I saw, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Alos Paracletos. And I saw that that actually doesn't only mean another one of the same kind. It also means another one of a different number. And once upon a time, there was just one Jesus in the incarnation. But at the advent of the Spirit, we'll have Jesus unlimited. Listen, now here is the thing. <laughs> what I just said now. It, just, it sounds nice. I'd be, ah, glory. It changed my life. And this is the problem. I'm, I'm about to say something. And think about it. Imagine waiting for Moses at the foot of the mountain for 40 days. And he comes down with 10 sentences. <laughs> he comes down with 10 sentences. Sometimes that's how revelation is. Like what I just said now. When, when, when I encountered it, it rocked my soul. The next time I was supposed to lead a prayer, I was supposed to round off. I'll never forget in the basketball court, about 6 a.m. And I had only said a few words and everybody was on the ground. I didn't touch a single person. I lost paracletos. It, it, it. It, oh Jesus. <laughs> Do you understand? So now Moses comes down. The encounter of the Lord makes his face radiant. But everyone else is just reading it. That shall not kill. That shall not steal. That's 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 how it is. You it, it's <laughs> sermons are good. Do you understand? But you there are some things you have to encounter for yourself. You you have to. You have to. You have to. You must have your own adventures in God. You must. God must be able. Listen, some of you, God can't catch you in any private place, even if he tried. It's the same way some guys are frustrated trying to toast ladies but they are always moving in droves like legion and you are wondering why you are single I'm I'm sorry never mind never mind at least have small when you say I want to go to the toilet okay let's go Uh -uh. give small space do you understand that's where you encounter Jesus you know sitting on the well And it's the same thing spiritually. I know what I'm saying. God still lights burning bush waiting for his sons, waiting for his daughters. But if you are so busy, <laughs> you've heard me say it before. In the thick of the night, sitting in a room, I just heard a name because my dad is also Emmanuel. So, they, they used to call me Junior those days. And just imagine, I hear a voice. The way you are hearing my voice now. You know, the, when someone calls you, you turn, right? I turned. 
This one is not spiritual. I heard it in my spirit. There was someone in the room. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> uh, don't worry, laugh now. Years later, when I knew it was God, because I didn't know it was God, I actually thought it was the devil. <laughs> so, I'm telling you honestly. So, <laughs> I jokingly said, God, you two, light day since morning. You know, come, I'm now sitting in the dark. <laughs> That's when you knew you start calling my name. And, and you see, that's another thing when your idea of God is shaped by Nollywood. Because in Nollywood, if it's dark and you're hearing your voice, it's always who? <laughs> Meanwhile, the Bible says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide where? <laughs> Please fall in love with the word of God. Fall in love with the word of God. You should read the Bible every year. Don't try this at home. There was a time in school. Don't worry. (laughs) I don't want to give you a bad example. I remember in school, my HOD looked at me and said, you're so brilliant. This idea you have for the project, not only do I want it to be your personal project, but we want to use it to sell this department. The school has given us a mandate in like to project some department, so let's do it, collaborate with some of the lecturers. <laughs> me that I'm looking like, I have a few months to graduate, I have to impact some students. I disappeared. Mark my project, let me go. <laughs> Which one is? You and the school will sort it out. <laughs> I they pay no salary. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let me just say this. I'm not going to say if I've done it before. If you read... 40 chapters. You will finish the Bible every two weeks. <laughs> you know, that time, even my spiritual father then said, This is overdose. This, <laughs> when your spiritual father says, Calm down. <laughs> See, it's overdose, but it's not overdose. He changed my life. I'm here. Do you understand? Or you can do 20 chapters, four months. You know it will take extra to break this stronghold, making you not to read the Bible. (laughs) It will take, you know, to do whatever it takes. Maybe your phone is not working. You know, you already have a phone addiction. Then you want to read Bible on your phone. The devil likes the idea. <laughs> he thinks it's brilliant. Like, wow, how ingenious. I don't mind. <laughs> if you need to enter a bookstore, buy 
paperback Bible, buy another one. And there was something I used to do then. Because somehow I discovered when I was trying to build the habit of study that when I buy a new Bible, I wanted to read it just because it was new. So I started buying a new Bible every two months. <laughs> Listen, I, I was ready to do whatever it would take. I will buy it, read it to the end, buy another one. Read it to the end, buy another one. Read it to the end. That's what, that's, that's what, that was my way. I mean, think about it. I got serious with God 2006 and I'm here. So you can imagine the kind of compressed devotion it must have taken. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please fall in love with the word of God. Amen, somebody. And then the next is... I'm just going to have to breeze past this. You have to also learn to take interpretation seriously. So in Nehemiah 8, and that's why I really like this. It's the balance for me. They had read from morning till noon. Ezra stood and blessed, you know, just the same way we say, blessed be the reading of the word. Amen. You know, so they did that. But right after that, they started explaining. And so reading is great, but the explanation is important. There are many healthy things we, know, we must bring back to the church, like the memorization of scriptures. I have some students, I have a particular class. And usually when I send the word out, a lot of people join, like, well, I want to be a part of the class, and I know how to reduce the number. I'll just say, okay, yeah, our next meeting is same time next week. By then, you must have memorized Ephesians chapter 1 to 3. <laughs> and if you, if you don't do it, we just say, oh, thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> That's how, that's how we reduce the Gideon army. <laughs> Do you understand? So memorization is important. But I've also seen people who know how to churn out scripture like typewriter. They don't understand anything. Okay, that's good. Now explain. Problem will start. You will hear Rema, you will run. <laughs> there was a pastor I heard about. Very sad story. And this is why interpretation is important. You know, it's your defense against error. Have you, did you hear about the Heaven's Gates, you know, church? He brought one rema that Christ has actually come, but he's in an invisible spaceship waiting to receive souls. So they must all commit suicide true life story. Let me tell you something. When we insist on the proper interpretation of the word of God, it's because we've seen, we've seen the repercussions. This is about life and death many times. And so this guy 
led every member of his church to commit suicide. They drank poison and died. Just imagine the police coming to the place to see 300 people thereabouts, all dead, neatly dressed. They had pocket money in, in their pockets. <laughs> Very stupid. But before he led them there, he started with small, small error. So they were moving in a nomadic fashion. They would go to a hotel. And very early in the morning, before it's time to pay, they will check out and run away. They won't check out. They will just run away. So one of them who was brave asked the pastor that, isn't this wrong? Shouldn't we be paying? Do you know what he said? (laughs) He said, that's how Jesus is, that he will come like a thief in the night. I have to give it to him. That's, that was very... I like... <laughs> it's a blatant lie, boy. That's... that's <laughs> that it, it will come like a thief in the night. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> you know... Bible says, the Levites explained. You know what? We'll continue this next week. I, I, I don't know if I, I, my preparation for Reboot Camp should have started. So, so let me devote the rest of the time to squash once and for all this Rema myth that has damaged the church or many in the church. I don't know where we got the idea that without spending time in systematic theology and learning to understand the word of God, having learned and received proper skills in Bible interpretation, that we just pray and the Holy Ghost reveals to us. Let me tell you something. Your pastor is deep. And I've had experiences too. But those are standout experiences. I remember the first time, this was in 2008 or so. A friend said, I heard this scripture. And he, he just recited as much, as much of it as he could, he could recite. He said, I, I've been looking for it. I don't know where it's written. Honestly speaking, that was the first time I had ever heard that text. It was still down on it. And so I said, I don't know. As soon as I said, I don't know, I saw the text written. Ah. So this was the first time I was like, wait. Oh. And interestingly, the Bible was in front of us. So I just checked. And that was it, spot on. My head almost exploded. So... When I say what I'm about to say, do you understand? I like the approach of Paul. When Paul is trying to regulate tongues, he first explains to them. He says, I speak in tongues more than you all. <laughs> like, combine all your tongues. <laughs> I speak in tongues more than you all. So, it's not because I don't abound in this. If it's encounters I have, 
I have. Some I can't share. But I'm telling you, nowhere in the Bible is it suggested that you are to learn from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Hold on. Yes, the Holy Spirit can speak to you, stir your hearts in knowledge, even bring like a light and a revelation from the script from the scripture. I remember I was sitting in a service like this. Someone was preaching. I was sitting in front. And like someone was standing in front of me, but not as audible as the other one. I heard, Thou, Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of, of, of my head. You know, and it struck me like lightning, like good kind of lightning. And I, I like, it was like, the Lord was telling me, I am your glory. I'm the lifter up of your head. I've had experiences like that, many. But there are rules to even vet those experiences to know if they are of God, if they are anything to go by. Let me tell you something. A lot of religious cults started that way. Because demons speak too and they imitate the voice of God. And so you must be grounded in the word of God to know that what you heard is of God. Listen, and let me tell you this. The devil is very good at imitating that you have to know the word of God well to be able to vet. If you go by the legitimacy of the experience alone, you will be in trouble. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will be in trouble. You will. So you have to, the word of God is your defense against false experiences. Say loud, amen. It's your defense. The devil twists scriptures. The devil quotes scriptures and he twists them. You know, someone said, you know, gave a popular, a quote that is popular amongst you know, theological circles. Twist not the scriptures, lest you be like Satan. And I think it's very profound. God said, you can eat of any tree in the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat it. And then Satan says, did God say you cannot eat of any tree in the garden? And that means part of his strategy is incomplete information. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's part of the strategy of the devil. Incomplete. God said, specifically, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Did God say, you should not eat of any tree in the garden? Incomplete. Another strategy. um, Incorrect application. Incorrect application. If you are the son of God, jump from the pinnacle of the temple. That's incorrect application. Or oh, this is a teaching on how to understand the Bible, or I'm telling you. Incomplete information. It, see, let me tell you something. A lot of wrong teachings fall under these two categories. Some of them are directly, you know, the offshoots of doctrines of demons. You know, others are just 
poor hermeneutics, poor theology. Some things are not incorrect, but they are incomplete. And they are as dangerous. You know, I was, I was talking to someone, you know, and we're just talking along these lines. Le, le, can I say this? There are a lot of grace preachers today that are not saying what we are saying. You need to, I want to make it abundantly clear to you. You must be careful. Are you listening to me? You must be careful. I am very intentional. The way I say what I say is intentional. If I don't use terminologies, they are on purpose. They are on purpose. And because of, you know, the, the simplicity with which I preach, People forget I'm a theologian. <laughs> People forget, and you know, because sometimes, except you are constantly bamboozled, you know, you just feel, ah. We like to be confused sometimes. So you, 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 need, you need to watch. You need to watch. There's something I was going to say, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch that another time. So, some things are correct, but, but incomplete. Let me give you an example. Every time Paul taught on grace, he ended with instructions. Are you aware? And so when he tells you who you are in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3, in chapter 4, he enters instructions. Chapter 5, be imitators of God as their children. In Colossians, he tells you who you are, chapter 1, chapter 2. Chapter 3, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things. Do you understand? So listen, if all you are dwelling on is the first two chapters, you, you are correct, but it's incomplete. So those two. And in fact, the incomplete one is, is the devil's, he, he likes to play there. So the devil is tempting with scriptures. Jump from the pinnacle of the temple, for it is written, he quotes it. And so Jesus heard the scripture quoted, but it was the devil talking. Do you understand this? This is so important. So meaning, if he, even if it's the scripture that I'm hearing, it must be properly exegeted for me to embrace it. And this is why I'm telling you it can be correct but incomplete. How did Jesus respond? It is also written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. What you said is correct, but the application should not be in this way. Because it doesn't balance out what this text also says. 
please take interpretation seriously. Now, some of you, you know, I think it was Sunday evening. No, Monday evening. I was listening to the sermon I preached the morning of Deepa Abuja. And I felt jealous of you people. You, you, you guys don't know what you have. If I had a pastor like you have, hey, I don't know where my life would have been. And some of you, you will hear life-changing sermons. You hear it once. Once. Now, God has blessed you with such a good church, such a good pastor. Now, all you literally need to do is to be a proper student. Go to the archives. Study it. Read. Go back to your notes. That one too, you won't do. And the lengths that I've gone, just personally, to help myself. You know, when, you know, there are some things, you know, it's just like the Moses example, coming down with 10, 10 sentences. When I tell you, Purpose is that one thing for which you were created and at which you must succeed. Otherwise, nothing else will succeed that will count. You just, do you know what it means to crystallize it in a simple definition like that? Do you know the level of research and understanding to just make it to in, in one definition? You don't know how blessed you are. Do, do you get what I'm saying? So, but, but it's going to take involvement on your part. You also have to, uh, or, uh, I don't want to keep giving examples. Or the explanation of hope that I gave the night, first night of deeper. If you have not gone back to listen to that thing, you, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Be interested, show reverence for the scriptures, and then you also have to be particular about the interpretation. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000 blessings.